0: Welcome back to the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. On this week's episode, Pat and I discuss our NFC predictions, talk about Thursday night football, and introduce a couple of segments that will be recurring throughout the season. Welcome back to another episode of the Knock Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. I am John Terry here with my co-host Pat Norton. Pat, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready for football. Let's get it over with.
0: We are we are close. We are very yeah. close. Um, but before the season starts, we do have to uh, finish up our predictions with the NFC, break it down division by division. We've got a good show. I'm excited. We're introducing a couple of segments that we're going to be doing throughout the season so we'll get into those a little bit later Um, but we've got right now our NFC uh, predictions and then we'll just go through and and uh, talk about the Super Bowl too I think where who we've got going to the Super Bowl
1: yeah I'm, I'm pumped I'm pumped
0: any any fit are there any like 15 16 win teams in this before we start i want to uh
1: no more buffalo bills i will say without giving away the team oh never mind i'm just going to shut up okay
0: Okay. all right well you tell us where we start what division are we starting in
1: uh let's start with the nfc south
0: okay this this Uh, division for me is is interesting like just yeah might be
1: for the both of us we'll see how it goes yeah not you have a Jameis allegiance that i do not
0: yeah well that is that is something that's going to be put on display but the way that the way that your wins have gone you might give them more wins than me i don't know um it's possible so starting off with that nfc south i've got the falcons going five and twelve not a lot of things to love in atlanta right now Desmond Ritter, exciting. Kyle Pitts, Drake London. That's about it. Uh, so I think that they can put together some games, um, but nowhere near enough. Uh, so 5-12 and 12 for the Falcons. I've got 8-9 and nine for the Carolina Panthers. I think that Baker does surprisingly well. Um, I think that he is coming into a decent receiving core um, that also just added LaVisca Chenault. I think that, that Matt Rule is going to use him um, in unique ways. I feel like just... From from what I've seen from him, I feel like he's not just going to, they didn't, they wouldn't trade for him just to put him on the bench. Um, so I've got them going eight and nine, winning a couple of surprise games are going to shock a couple of teams. And then my top two teams are the Saints and the Bucks, both tied at 11 and six, but the Saints win the division on a tiebreaker. Um, the Bucks are worrisome because of that offensive line. But when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, uh, there are a couple of things that you can guarantee and that's winning double digit games. Um, and yeah with the Saints I love Jameis he's got a great receiving core great offensive line or well good offensive line Alvin Kamara hopefully for the full, for the full season and pretty solid defense so that's that's how it shapes out for me Two of the teams at the top going 11 and 6 but the Saints winning the division on a tiebreaker
1: all right so you and I have a, somewhat of a difference here we both have okay. the Falcons in last um I have them at three and 14 again not a lot to love uh Marcus Mariota is fine and I'm glad that he's getting another chance but that's what this is it's just another chance it's not really a bona fide he's going to be the long-term starter for Atlanta going forward um I have the Saints at four and 13. really I am not a fan of Dennis Allen I'm not a fan of kind of the direction that they've taken. Um, Trevor Penny probably wasn't going to start anyway. Um, well, he may have, but uh, him kind of him going down kind of shakes up the depth of that offensive line. And I, I don't want to predict injuries, but it's 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 just kind of tough to see a team that it feels like if one piece goes down, the whole team goes down with it um that's just kind of where i'm at with them the panthers i then have in second place making the wild card as the sixth seed in the playoffs at 10 and 7 Wow! yeah i'm the the fact that i'm higher on the panthers than the saints is kind of odd to me just because that's not something that i yeah yeah uh yeah six win difference there uh and then i have the box winning the division uh going five and one in division play uh, but finishing the season just eleven and six,
0: and what's so like not the of- uh,
1: they they would be the fourth, so they'd be the okay. worst division winner. Um, I'm not. Oh, the reason why I started there is just because I'm not overly impressed with that division. But they yeah. are one of the divisions that gets two playoff teams in it, in in my opinion. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, agreed. Who it is is a little bit different, but I mean we're yeah. Where we've got two, two teams going out of there. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the saints team. I think I was looking at their win total. It's eight and a half. So really it's um, in my opinion, where I've got them now, they're one of those teams that like can take that next step because last year it was just a weird combination of um, injuries and like overall weirdness. And, you know, if we're going into it thinking, all right, Here's the team we've got. Here's where we're at right now. Uh, Michael Thomas coming back to full health elevates the other two receivers that they got this off season.
1: It, it um, should, yeah.
0: And I, Jameis was on a really solid pace um, before he tore his ACL. So, in my opinion, there's a lot to love. But I feel like this is this might be one of the ones where it's like we're going to be tracking this throughout the season because I think this is the one team where we've differed like heavily. Uh, the most, like the yeah, two-
1: absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's a very watch and see year for them, um, because if if things go south this year, then they're kind of in a tricky situation where they're going to be forced to rebuild yeah. some sorts. Um, and if they're successful, how successful are they going to be? They're certainly not a Super Bowl favorite in anybody's eyes, maybe yours, but, uh, you know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next. Okay. What do you think? Let's
0: go. Let's go to the north. Let's let's talk about your your bears. All
1: right. Uh, all right. So I have the lions finishing two and fifteen. Hard knocks has been fun. The lions have not. Um, it, it, it's it's bad there. Um, you know that's the thing about hard knocks is that it always shows you like, oh man, the helmets are popping or like the pads are popping. You know, these guys look in shape and it's the it's the only football that you're absorbing aside from your own team's training camp. And then you kind of watch it play out and it's, wait, no, this team is actually really bad. Like they're on hard knocks because they didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, I think it's kind of they're in a similar boat as the Jets and just that the coaching is OK, um, but that they are. Severely outmatched in just the talent level. Um, it doesn't help that Jared Goff is the quarterback. Jared Goff is not the worst that you could do, uh, but he's he's certainly the worst quarterback in the division. Um, I then have the uh Vikings at six and eleven. So like three out of the four hosts on Good Morning Football have projected the Vikings to win the division. I don't get that. Uh, i have them finishing three and three within the division um the lines i had at and six in the division all right hear me out okay i'm listening listening. so last season the chicago bears finished six and eleven they were very bad tough to watch schemed poorly we just wanted them we wanted matt nagy to be fired but we also wanted him to give up play calling during the season he finally did the play calling gave that up to the offensive coordinator but the offensive coordinator was not good either um it was bill laser and you know they 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 had the same train of thought and how they kind of were running the game and it didn't work uh there are some horses on this team i mean you have david montgomery who's fine you have khalil herbert who's probably going to overtake david montgomery next season you have justin fields who like why would you not be confident in him to make strides towards the next step. And then you have receivers that no one has ever heard of, which isn't great. Um, I like Darnell Mooney. And then I keep seeing a lot of people complaining about the line. The line was really bad last year, and they're probably going to have about three. No, it'll be three or four starters, depending on who's actually starting. It's going to be three starters from last year's line, which isn't great. But they've moved Tevin Jenkins inside. They've replaced Sam Mustafer with Lucas Patrick, who's healthy, and back this week at practice. They have a fifth-round rookie starting at left tackle, which is risky, but has looked very good so far. Anyway, long story even longer, uh, is if the defense holds, and I think that they will, and the fact that they have a competent coaching staff, the fact that 6-11 and 11 was how bad they were last year, And you had Andy Dalton and Nick Foles starting games over Justin Fields at some points. I have the Bears making the wild card as the seventh seed at 10 and seven.
0: All right. My, my, anything? Hello? My first thought, like the first thing that comes into my mind is that I remember, I think it was two years ago, I had you on the podcast and we did, we were talking about records. And I had, I think I had the Bears at like, seven and nine or six and ten because before the schedule switch and you were telling me that they were gonna you know you're saying they're putting the pieces together they could win nine to ten games so now we're here again um and we'll get into my picks where i've got them but that's take out everything else it's like there's still some concern of like all right this isn't the first time you've felt like 10 wins yeah. possible
1: oh yeah yeah so
0: what, no I... So what makes this different what makes this different so...
1: Two things. One thing is I will tell you that I went through the games about two weeks ago and I predicted them to go five and 11 or five and 12. And then as obviously it's the preseason. So you take it with a grain of salt. They're not showing you anything, but they, the starters received zero pre-snap penalties. They were one of the worst teams at that last season. They, uh, are not they could do a lot worse is kind of my point point. and okay. last year to me was a lot worse this year honestly here's the thing i'll take 6 and 11 as long as they look like a competent football team and you can do that and still finish 6 and 11 um really you can do it and still finish like 7 and 10 let's say because i think that the disparity between a 7 and 10 a 7 and 10 team and an 11 and 16 is a few plays going your way, is kind of how that usually shakes out. Mm-hmm. To me, it all kind of depends on what the coaching looks like, and we'll figure that out on Sunday against San Francisco. Once you figure that out, if they look well-coached, which I think there's a good chance that there is that the, that they do, then the sky's the limit. Obviously not. There's a real good chance that they don't make the playoffs because they're throwing to Equinemius St. Brown and they're throwing to Byron Pringle as like their main people aside from Darnell Mooney. That's not great. There. But Fair. it's just if if a lot of other things go in their direction and and take a positive step, then you could certainly see them doing a lot better than a lot of projections that have them being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, and then lastly, I have the Packers winning the division because they're still the Packers at 13 and four.
0: Perfect. So okay. They're the so, two
1: seed in the conference. FYI. So
0: there is there is there's some more discrepancy here with like more than I was expecting. So uh, for my picks, I've got the Bears at six and eleven. Um, All right. I think that. Yeah. Well, and I agree really with what you said. They can look good and still be six and eleven, seven and yeah. ten. I think that that's something that's very possible. Uh, I mean, obviously, Iberflus is a guy who, or not, sorry, not Iberflus, Sirianni. Um, wait, no, it is Iberflus. Why? It is. Yeah, Why we have I... Iberflus. Yeah, sorry, no, no, no. We, lost, but we lost both of them. We, yeah, we lost right. both coordinators. I so it's, I, I got a little confused there. But yes, uh, I mean, I love what Iberflus did with the Colts defense. I thought that he really did a good job of maximizing potential out of a lot of positions. Um and developing players as well. I mean, Isaiah Rogers came a long way. Rocky Scene came a long way. Um, so there's been a lot of work that he's done um while he was with Indianapolis that there's room for encouragement. But like you said, who is Justin Fields going to throw the ball to? And when he does throw the ball, what what's our best case scenario? You know, and so th- those are some questions that I'm pondering. Hey. And that's why I have, feel like six and eleven just makes
1: sense. They just posted their uh, third week one depth chart about 15 minutes ago. You ask who he's throwing to. So Darnell Mooney, I think we can all agree, yep. very good.
0: I like him. Maybe yes.
1: he flourishes into a wide receiver one, like Michael Pittman style, because Michael Pittman's a wide receiver one, but he would be best served if he had an even better wide receiver in front of him kind of a thing. Um, I think Pittman's better than Mooney still. Um, But so Darnell Mooney, wide receiver one. Wide receiver two, Equinemius St. Brown. Okay. Wide receiver three is Velas Jones Velas Jones Jr. and then Byron Pringle and then Dante Pettis. So like it could be worse. It's a lot of unproven talent.
0: I've heard um, I've heard all of those names.
1: Yes, that's a there. good thing. That's I've a heard, good thing.
0: Yeah. Heard all of those names. And one of them's a rookie. So you know. One never of them's know. a
1: rookie. He's 25, but so is Devin Hester. So
0: yeah, I mean, it, it'll just be interesting. I feel like it's, yeah. there are going to be times that are encouraging. There are going to be times that are frustrating, but I there. can't put a team close to 500 with that much discrepancy. But I do think by the end of the season, we're going to feel good. That's where yeah. I'm at. Six and 11, but a good six and 11. Then yeah, I have the Lions. Fair. I'll take I have that. the Lions going eight and nine. All right. Let me explain. I know, and maybe I am caught up in the whole uh, hard knocks excitement and whatever but a couple things i know taking out before we got into hard knocks and all that they got really they got a lot better receivers they got a lot better receiver in my opinion um, dj chark is a guy who's very underrated a guy that i was really waiting to take that next step the last couple of years in jacksonville and now he's with the lions um, and you've obviously got james williams coming back from his injury I, I think it's like middle of the season maybe week seven week eight is what I've heard maybe sooner the way people are coming back from ACLs um and then obviously Amon Ross St. Brown looked really good their connection is strong um T.J. Hawkinson and of course DeAndre Swift Jamal Williams that's a decent offense yeah and Jared Goff you know in the right scheme and the right uh you know whatever the pieces put together he looked decent And you don't need him to do a lot when you have so many weapons around him. The defense has also gotten better. Obviously, adding a a top-tier rookie and Aiden Hutchinson really helps, um, obviously. Um, But I feel like there's a lot to love. But more importantly, I think, and maybe this is where the Hard Knocks style comes in. The Lions, even go back to last year, right? Like, they played hard, gritty football. If it weren't for a record-breaking field goal, they would have beaten the Baltimore Ravens. Right, sure. Like, especially earlier on in the season, they dropped a couple of games, that it was just like, man, what like just bad luck. Um, and so i'm what I'm projecting is that that offense is gotten a lot better, and the tide turns their way for a couple of games, um, going eight and nine. I think it might it, maybe it's not as big of a surprise, but I really like the offense. Relying on Jared Goff is scary, but when you load him up with so many weapons, it makes me feel more comfortable, including. Really, I don't think people are talking about it a lot. The Lions have like a top 10 offensive line, if not better, yeah. with upside. Um, getting Panay last year obviously was a huge get, but Lions 8-9, um, we'll keep it moving. The Vikings, I have them making the playoffs as a seven seed at 10-7. and seven. The Rams OC is somebody who I think, he he was, the rumors were that as Sean McVay left, he was going to be the one to become the Rams head coach. Right, and so anytime that, you a guy is in consideration to be a head coach at a top organization feel pretty good if you get him for you um i think this means big things for justin jefferson i think you know even kj osborne can get some uh something out of it too um but this offense is good the defense is is good i think like they're good they're going to get to the playoffs they're going to win 10 games they're going to lose in the first round but they're good like that's it Um, and then maybe a little bit of a surprise. I've got the Packers going 10 and seven, the four seeds, still winning the division, but, um, I'm just, I'm concerned. Uh, like they've kept the same core for X number of years. Haven't really made any progressions. And it's not like it's a young core where it's like, you know, you can develop and get better and, and come together. I mean, Aaron Jones is getting older, uh, you know, Jair Alexander's young, but, He's still, you know, it's another year, Aaron Rodgers, all that. I They're a great team. I mean, like you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, you can, you can, you could do a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers, but I've got them going at 10 and uh, seven, going 10 and seven. Uh,
1: I think their defense is better than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, I, obviously the bears are in a pretty tough spot with their receivers. I wish that people would talk about the Packers receivers a little bit more similarly. Mm-hmm. Um Alan Lazard it's, is it's wide worse. receiver one. It's worse. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's either worse or at least at the at the most it's on par with the Bears. But I think if I were the Packers, I'd rather have Darnell Mooney than really anybody who they currently have, even Alan Lazard, um, who's fine, but was yeah, better I mean, when well, he was probably wide receiver. He was really wide receiver two, could have been wide receiver three last year.
0: It was yeah, it was definitely interchangeable. I think. Different points throughout the season.
1: But one more
0: thing, and then we'll move on to another division. Yeah. I mean, the thing that confused me the most, I think, is not only did you trade away Devontae Adams, and yeah, you got a lot of capital for it, but you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust younger receivers. Like it took him a number of years to really build that chemistry with Devontae Adams. So why is your answer to the wide receiver question getting two rookie wide receivers? I mean, obviously, he went off on them in training camp um, and the rookies, but you're not you, you don't have five years to build a connection with somebody like you yeah. need a guy now and your answer to that was drafting christian watson and in, in romeo dubs i don't we'll know. see aaron, we'll aaron see. jones is going to be catching a lot of passes i think yeah um, so
1: yeah aj dylan fantasy yep. stonk right
0: there. that's right okay where are we going east or west uh let's do east okay all right I'll, I'll i'll run through this quick there's not a lot to talk about i feel like it's pretty straightforward yeah, sorry uh, i got three and 14 players. i wouldn't be surprised if tyrod taylor takes over as quarterback at some point during the season um i don't know what brian dable was thinking taking the job because i i i mean obviously what he did with josh allen was incredible have you seen okay have you seen those it's going around on twitter these graphics comparing daniel jones and josh allen's first three seasons yeah it's pretty funny, and I know it that it's Giants fans that are like trying to cope. But Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen. No, I feel pretty confident saying that. Um, Tyrod Taylor is going to take over snaps. It's just Dave Gettleman has screwed them over so much. His presence lingers even after, even in the afterlife. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw one tweet that was saying that Kenny Galladay looks. Uh, like a stiff board running routes, which is super <laughs> encouraging. Um, but yeah, anyways, Giants three and fourteen. I I wish Brian Dable would have stated. You know, there's gotta there's gotta be a better opportunity. Whatever. Uh, Washington eight and nine. I feel like that's one of the safer picks. They always end up in that area. Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. How much of an upgrade? Don't really know. The defense two years ago, I think will it'll return to that form, um, but ultimately, you know, it's it's I don't know. I don't I don't I not love great. I don't love Washington. I know they're going to win games, but I don't love the team that they've constructed, um, and especially the cost that it took for them to get Carson Wentz. Yeah, like me personally, I'd rather I I'd rather have Baker Mayfield probably for the same price but they way overpaid yeah um that's just that's just my take um then coming in just missing on the playoffs as the eight seed I've got the Cowboys going 10 and 7 uh the offensive line is concerning uh I don't know how Dak's gonna do without you know listen Amari Cooper may not have been shining in the last season but he was still there and he was Amari Cooper and that helps yeah. um and now your wide receiver two is Jalen Tolbert I mean Michael Gallup's coming back soon but wide receiver the are scary.
1: Defense.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you can rely on Trayvon Diggs to go for ten picks and Michael yeah. Parsons to get double certainly can't see that. No, that's what kept them afloat. And so I've got them. I've got them winning ten games, but you know, in a seventeen game season, ten games is sometimes not enough. And then I've got the Eagles as the number two seed in the NFC, going eleven and six. Um, going into the offseason I wasn't like super excited about them, but the more I read, the more I kind of watch. It's like, man, they they made some good moves. They've got some good pieces. Um, and really, this is this is a make or break. They've given Jalen Hurts everything he needs to succeed. Uh, and if he doesn't do it, it's kind of it's it's similar to what you're saying with the Saints. It's kind of like if they if they don't perform this year, they kind of have to take stock of where they're at.
1: Yeah. And it's a, that's and it's fair. a little a little scary. Um I have the Giants at four and thirteen, so we're pretty close on that. Yeah, I have Washington at six and eleven. What did you have them finishing? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Uh, That's actually what I or I have the Eagles at nine and eight. Okay, they also missed the playoffs. They finish as the eight seed. I have the Dallas Cowboys riding high into the playoffs as the one seed at fifteen and two. Wow. Yeah, I'm really high on them this year. Let's unpack,
0: let let's
1: unpack that one a little bit. Uh, so I love Michael Parsons. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs is not going to re- be able to replicate the numbers that he did in terms of interception returns and, and such. If he can cut down on the big plays that he allows, then it all balances itself out. Um, Because he was statistically, you take away the picks, he was statistically one of the worst corners in football last year but the picks helped those stats for you and it worked out for him in the end. Yeah. Parsons is great. Uh, the other like the rest of the defense is a little suspicious. Uh, the offensive line I think obviously is 40 so it's how good can he be but I don't hate them signing Jason Peters.
0: You, I mean you ha- you have to. I think like their to. hands were kind of tied.
1: Yeah, A you have to but B it's Jason Peters was probably the best offensive lineman on the bears last year. Um, and that was coming out of retirement two weeks before the start of the season had been called while he was on a fishing trip and was like, all right, I'll, I guess I'll play. And then did and did it well. Um, keeping him healthy is kind of a concern. Cause then once you, if he goes down, what's your plan? Uh, So, obviously, that's a concern. I think Ezekiel Elliott is somewhat primed to have a bounce-back year and kind of go hand-in-hand with Tony Pollard. That's a pretty good duo in the backfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, And then you get Gallup back at some – relatively soon. They didn't even put him on the pup list. Uh, And then C.D. Lamb – I'm in the middle of trying to trade for C.D. Lamb in a fantasy league, so – I'm going to tell you right now, I think that he's the best wide receiver in football. No, but really he he is, he is exceptional. So, um, and I love Dak have loved Dak for a very long time. So I am, I'm riding high on Dallas. And I think that the schedule kind of benefits them in certain ways where it just, they can kind of steamroll over the rest of the division, which is funny to think that considering that no one ever steamrolls over the NFC East, but Taking 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 the mental part of it away from like the oh god no one ever just runs away with this division someone will win it at six and ten or six and eleven uh, I I think that they have a chance to do something pretty special this year in the regular season I should point out I have them losing their first playoff game as is tradition for Dallas of course
0: time yeah. time honored tradition uh yeah I mean it, it'll it'll be interesting I. My concern with CD Lamb is I know the talent's there, but even when Amari wasn't producing, CD Lamb wasn't producing like wide receiver level numbers. If we're looking at it from a fantasy lens, um, and obviously like on the field too, I would have liked to see more. And maybe he takes that leap yeah. this year. Maybe they scheme things up for him in that way. Um, but I just haven't seen it yet. And so it's concerning for me to be like, yeah, I, I want to put all my eggs in one basket on these guys um, when I just don't know. All right, one more division, NFC West. Uh, we might be a little different. Maybe we'll be the same. Who knows? Uh, I've got the Seahawks at three and 14. They suck. Um, <laughs> moving on. I've got the Cardinals at nine and eight. I think, you know, the the once those double XP weekends hit, The Cardinals are going to be in some trouble. Um, I mean, we've seen it. I feel like it's happened the last two years. Maybe I'm wrong, but they start strong and then they just kind of.
1: Yeah, it's the it's whenever the new Call of Duty game comes out.
0: Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, And then I've got the Rams Super Bowl champion Rams going 11 and six as the five seed, um, but they don't win the division. It is won by the San Francisco 49ers going 13 and four
1: damn all right we are pretty split here okay um i i want you to talk about the 49ers in a second but i want you to tell i want i'm going to tell you mine really quick okay. uh seahawks i have it one in 16 i don't think that they're good i think that they're actually very very bad um in fact, I believe that the Jets and Seahawks play, and one of those games is one of the teams wins. So that is that's how the draft order is decided. And I have this, yeah, I have the Seahawks getting the first pick in the draft. Uh, so congrats to the Jets on, I think like a week 15 or 16 win. Um I then have the 49ers at six and eleven. I am mm. not sold on Trey lines. Obviously, you got to give them time. Um I think that really that whole offense is kind of due for a step, for like a, for a, for a step in the, for a step backwards, really. Um, I think that Debo's production was somewhat unsustainable last year. Um, Have, you have to hope that you have, that you have a full year of Kittle. If he is, then, or if he is healthy, then that maybe changes things, but whatever. Uh, and then the last two, I have Cardinals at 11 and six, making the playoffs as the five seed, and the Rams at 12 and five, getting the three seed uh, in the NFC.
0: All right. So, yeah, a little bit of discrepancy. The biggest one, obviously, being the 49ers. Yeah. A couple of things. The 49ers last year were a dropped interception away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. In spite of. Jimmy G at quarterback right and there were there are some things that I'm looking at from the end of last year that are kind of like indicators towards the future I mean the number one thing is Brandon Ayuk seemed to pick it up towards the end of last season and I feel like I'm I'm full steam ahead on Brandon Ayuk I think I have him in like three leagues um I think that he comes back to where he um where kind of they were expecting last season where it was going to be a little bit of Debo a little bit of Brandon Ayuk um I think that yeah, obviously having Kittle healthy for a full year is going to go a long way, and then winning 13 games. But I think I mean they've got playmakers on the defense. Um, the secondary's always been a question for for them. It seems like even when their defense was elite. Um, but I love Trey Lance, and maybe that's where yep. our the difference is. Um, I think that I I love him coming out of college. I feel like he's that kind of prototypical mold that you look at like take josh allen for example that's the guy that you want him to be and really uh he's more he's got a better shot of being josh allen than daniel jones does if we're comparing um but i don't know why a little unnecessary shot on daniel jones but anyways uh yeah i think that trey lance is they're going to struggle and there's going to be you know growing pains but they went to the conference championship with with Jimmy G, you know what I mean? And so yeah, I, I just I, I'm I
1: think that it's weird that they kept him. Agreed. First off, agreed. Uh, like that. There's an, the benefit is to the team; it is not to the quarterback. There, like it is not to Trey Lance. Like that does not help him at all by keeping. Well, and the rumors are he's
0: not a big fan of that either. Because you've just I wouldn't got blame him in, Got him in the shadows.
1: Um. I think that that can significantly impact kind of the mental state of a quarterback when you are finally told, all right, it's your show. All you from here on out. Yeah. And then to be told, all right, but it's still your show. However, in the event that you're struggling by week six and we're one in five, let's say. Yeah. Then maybe it's not your show anymore because it's not like they've actually told them that, but they have through their actions of of keeping him around um so i don't love that um i'm not sold on trey lance it would be very easy to sell me on him and it's letting him be the starter for a few weeks and him proving really beat the bears week one and then that's um and trey lance is going to take over take over the nfl in a few short weeks yeah right um
0: i mean here's the thing though worst case scenario if those struggles do come up you don't even have to turn to the backup you just pull the jimmy g card and have him throw the ball seven times a game yeah right and additionally he brings that running threat so you're adding options into the game like you're creating so many more levels that you didn't have with jimmy g um and if they want to run for 250 yards in a game they can because you know that like some random running back that we're not even talking about right now is going to be rb1 in the 49ers locker room and, and they're going to, everyone's going to be, I think that's one of my waivers. big problems.
1: I think that's one of my big problems is just like the fact that I don't love Kyle Shanahan or okay. the way that he operates that. And it has worked for him mm-hmm. in, I should say sporadically, but cause there's just no like linear success for the 49ers. It's never been like, well, like they were, they were in the Super Bowl in 2020. Yeah. And then they were not that impressive in 2021. And then they were, as you said, a dropped interception away from going to the Super Bowl.
0: I mean, but part and of that 2021 season was injuries. I think. that they Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, 100%.
0: And so i running uh,
1: with CJ Beathard instead of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's my thing is like, all right, the track record here when we've got a semi full team is pretty good. So that's what I'm rocking with. Um, but yeah, that's our NFC uh, predictions. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Now let's so let's see where are we at? I gotta pull it up. We gotta get to our our playoff predictions. So let's run through this really quick.
1: Yes. Um, I will just tell you right now. Um, as per tradition, I have the Cowboys losing their first game. They're the team who gets the bye too. Um, I have the Rams beating the Panthers and the Bucks beating the Cardinals. Unfortunately, I do have the Packers beating the bears in the first playoff game. That will suck. Um, I then have the Packers well, I mean, actually hey, beating on the, the bright side. On the bright yes. side,
0: it, it might not even, might not even happen.
1: It probably won't, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And then, um, so Bucs pack uh, final or championship game. And I have the Buccaneers coming out of the NFC to face, as I said last week, the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. And as he rides off into the sunset, Tom Brady sticks it to Buffalo one final time. And I have the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl.
0: Wow. Lovely. I love it. Storybook. Okay. So for. Wait, here we go. My computer's being slow. I'm trying to load it up. All right. First round of the NFC playoffs. I've got the Rams over the Packers. I've got the Saints taking out the Bucs. And then I have the Eagles over the Vikings. And then going into the divisional round. So it's taking forever to load. Um, So two matchups are the Saints and the Eagles and the Rams and the 49ers. And I've got the Saints and the 49ers taking it, um, which means... It's the Saints 49ers showdown, which ironically are the two teams that you didn't feel good about at all. Um, and I've got <laughs> the I've got the 49ers winning.
1: Thank God. I th- I swear to God, I was going to say, if you have Jameis Winston going to the Super <laughs> Bowl.
0: I've got the 49ers facing the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen finally winning his first championship. Uh, Bills over the 49ers.
1: Good for him. I'm proud. There we have it. I would love it for them to win. They're 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 the team that I feel comfortable rooting for when the Bears are out. Whether that's after week eight or that's in the playoffs, we'll figure that out.
0: They're fun. I mean, they are really like they're so fun to watch. Like even in preseason, the Broncos, the Bills, Broncos game, that first drive where Josh Allen's just running around and throws a 45 yard laser to Gabe Davis, like. Yeah. Dude, we get, we get this. Awesome. I wish,
1: I wish Mitch was still there. I do.
0: <laughs> All right. So there yes. we have it. Now let's talk about some business. We have some new segments that we are starting that I'm excited about. Um, and it's going to give us a shot to kind of, you know, what I was talking about in that first episode of making us that buffet buffet style podcast. So the first thing, uh, that we're going to be doing. And the best way to describe it is sort of like, uh, it's a scouting report in a book report format. So I found a top 100 list of um, PFF, uh, PFF's top 100 college athletes coming out in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, and I put in a number randomizer. Um, and so whatever that number landed on, were the teams or the players that Pat and I are going to be doing some research about, and then we're going to bring it on to the podcast next week do a short little blurb about it, but um, we did this beforehand. So I'll just read off the names. So Pat is going to be researching Jalen Carter, defensive line out of Georgia, Jacob Slade, defensive line out of Michigan state and Keely Ringo cornerback out of Georgia. Uh, and then for my, my week, I'll be looking at Byron young defensive lineman out of Alabama, Robert Scott, the tackle out of Florida state and Michael Mayer the tight end out of Notre Dame. So I get I know Pat's going to have, we're going to have fun talking about some Notre Dame next week a little bit, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. Um, A cool way to kind of uh, look at. We'll actually be
1: watching the Notre Dame game together.
0: That's true. Yes. We will be in Wisconsin this weekend. I come into Chicago on Thursday, probably going to a Cubs game. That'll be fun. See all the, all the student union boys who are student union gracious enough to, uh, be our presenting sponsor for the podcast. So be fun. We'll get to give me some pointers on what I need to look for with him. But yeah, so it's a fun little way to look at the 2023 draft ahead of time. And we're going to get a little bit and hopefully everybody feels somewhat more knowledgeable than they did going into uh, the episode. So that's our first segment. Super excited about it. Second segment is a little bit of betting. So now that I've moved out to Colorado, sports betting is legal. And Pat is out in Illinois, so it's legal for him too. So I thought we'd do a fun little competition between each other throughout the season. So the way it's going to work is we both have hundred dollars. Um, you have to place a minimum of three bets, um, and it's all uh, it's all on the um, line of the game or on the over/under, um, and the max bet is five dollars. So we're going to be tracking it. We'll 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 track our records and whatever throughout the season. But whoever has the most money at the end of the year and we could probably run this all the way through to the super bowl. If we want to, Um, whoever has the most money at the end of the year takes the other person's money. Uh, So it's a fun little competition between ourselves. Um, And so that's where we're going to, we're going to lean here. Now Um, I've got three picks. I know Pat's got three picks. Um, So we're going to talk about those and then, Oh, and the other thing is one of them has to be on a Thursday night football game. So it'll force us to have a vested interest, even when, it's not a fun game. Um, maybe we'll watch Jags the Titans, Dude Perfect. Baby. Can't wait. We can watch the Dude Perfect uh, broadcast. <laughs> That'll spice it up even more.
1: <laughs> maybe
0: we need to put a bet on, like, I don't know, some something for the Dude Perfect.
1: Are they going to make their shot? Probably, yes.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's talk first about our bets that we've got. So let's go one by one. So first off, we have to have a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and my Thursday bet, I mean, you have two high-powered offenses.
1: We're actually against each other on this. I know that we are.
0: Really? Because
1: we kind of talked about it last week.
0: Okay. I mean, I love rooting for points. Okay. Are we, are we the same?
1: No. No. Okay.
0: I love, I mean, it's fun. You Touchdowns back and forth. I think that, you know, the addition of Allen Robinson to the Rams just adds another fun wrinkle to the team. And obviously the Bills are the Bills. Um, so I've got the over 52 and a half. All of these uh, bets we're placing through the Barstool Sportsbook. Um, So I've got it at minus 110, but I've got the over 52 and a half Bills-Rams Thursday night football game.
1: Um, So in that game, I actually picked a winner against the spread, and that is I have the Buffalo Bills winning it uh, and covering two and a half, minus two and a half. Um,
0: Yes. Oh, I see why why you said we'd be apart, because I did go...
1: Yes, last week I know that you have you said that you had the Rams losing the first week. After I said that, I think that the Bills are going to go undefeated. Um, So this is step one on the road to seventeen and zero for Buffalo. Um, That's the added wrinkle, by the way, about my playoff prediction is that if the Bills can't be seventeen and zero, and or if the Bills go seventeen and zero and then get to the Super Bowl, how funny would it be if? It was Tom Brady who ended that yeah. um, just for a multitude of reasons. But uh, yeah, I love that. But yeah, I I'm in love with Buffalo this year. So I'm running minus two and a half.
0: Perfect. All right. My next game, this one, I, I mean, I'm looking for I'm looking for slam dunks, right? It's the first week of the season. So there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, I know last year, I think like a bunch, it was like a huge percentage of games, the over hit. So it's like, you kind of have to find what's that like secure, like slam dunk, easy to, you know, easy basket. What can I get to put myself up on the board? Um, so I took the Ravens minus seven against the Jets. We both agree the Jets are a bad football team and the way the Ravens play football, they can run the score up on teams very easily.
1: Um, so I've got the Ravens minus seven. Um I'm going to talk about it, or I'm going to briefly touch on a game because we've touched on it already a lot. Um, But the Bears host the San Francisco 49ers um, on Sunday. They are seven-point underdogs. I have them covering seven. I'm not confident in necessarily picking them to win the whole thing. Um, But again, it just kind of goes back to the competition. You also see a lot of hesitancy from teams like unwilling to just empty the, empty the, you know, shoebox of trick plays in the first week of anything, or, or get too aggressive. So usually these games tend to be closer. So I have them covering seven. Um, Maybe that's a garbage time touchdown. Maybe it's a win. We'll see.
0: See, I, I, even though the Colts are playing the Texans, I did decide to stay away from them this week. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad that you were rocking with the Bears. It makes we'll me. Die, that I, I did go with the Colts. Um, but my third pick is there's a, there's a theme here. I mean, looking at the uh, the Ravens Jets game, um, I like betting that bad teams will be bad. So, in Russell Wilson's homecoming to Seattle, I've got the Denver Broncos covering six and a half points. I
1: like Uh, that.
0: I mean that. Yeah, touchdown. Both both of those games. I would be surprised if it's within three scores. To be honest with you, so that's
1: completely fair.
0: I want to go into the weekend, especially
1: because Denver and in your case, uh, Baltimore too. They both they're they're both kind of in situations where it's they have something to prove, Mm -hmm. and they can do that early on by just beating the piss out of a bad team.
0: Makes you feel good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, those are my, those are my three. I've got the Uh, Bills, Bills Rams over uh, Broncos six and a half and the Ravens seven.
1: My last one, I had the dolphins covering three and a half against new England, Mm. not overly impressed with new England. I think they're fine. In fact, what was um, looking back on it? I had both teams at 11 and six to finish the year. Um, but this is one of the games in which or this is one of the games that results in the Dolphins taking the tiebreaker from them um, for the playoff seed. Uh, I just kind of like how the how the Dolphins are going to operate and I can't help but root for Mike McDaniel just seems like a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, should be a fun team. It, it kind of re- talk about, you know, we talk about Jameis and I forget who else we talked about specifically where it was or Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. where it's it's a big prove it year for you yeah talk about Tua I mean that is right up his alley right now so um I think they can get it done so I have them minus three and a half so it's Dolphins minus three and a half Bears plus seven and Bills minus two and a half on Thursday night
0: so I want to put this I want to put this on the podcast just in the event that it does hit Um, yeah I I've had I had some struggles with some bets recently Um, I, I had the Florida state LSU over, um, part of a four leg parlay. Um, and I was a made extra point away from realizing that goal. I had, um, another four leg parlay the week before all three other bets hit easily. Um, but I made the mistake of betting on Illinois, which to your credit, you said was a mistake. I should have listened. Um, but this one, this one I feel good about. Um, so it's it's all about first half covers. So I went with that same strategy of like, all right, I need a good team playing a bad team um, that can get out ahead early. So that was kind of my mindset with all this. Um, but let me pull it up so I can read it. Uh, so I've got the, these are all, so these are all first half um, lines. So I've got the Niners, three and a half the Ravens four, the Colts four and a half, the Saints three and a half, the Eagles two and a half and the Broncos three and a half. And that nets out at a nice plus 4,679. Um, so just a little fun something. I think like that, that I wanted to put this on the podcast. You're laughing, Pat. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, for the people that are listening, I, I want to make sure that they know that I said this and he laughed at
1: me i love it just i hope that you don't like blow the bank on it
0: no 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 i can't what bank i don't have any bank left to blow on it i lost it on the (laughs) other on the other parlays oh man um but no this is a little just a little fun teaser piece get something exciting then the nice thing is five out of the six games happen the first slate so i will know very quickly where i stand um, and then obviously the, uh, the Broncos. Well, i for you. Are later on. Appreciate it. All right, we got a couple minutes left here. Let's touch on the Bills Rams really quick. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some things that we're we're looking at for this game. I know you've got the Bills to cover. I've got a lot of points. Um, what are what are some of the keys you think for the for the Bills to start their undefeated journey?
1: I don't think it's going to be indicative of every game, but I'm kind of interested in what. Stefan Diggs's production is going to look like. Um, You know, the emergence of Gabriel Davis, especially in that playoff game last year. Um, But then you also have Dawson Knox, who's kind of a mainstay of the fold, doesn't get a lot of credit, gets, in my opinion, severely undervalued in fantasy. Mm. I get it because his. Target rate is not super high, but when he's targeted, it's a big play almost every time, just guaranteed, yeah. whatever. Um, and all, and another detractor of his was his red zone targets. Um, the Bills are no longer the team that is, you know, surprising how oh my god, they're almost going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I have them at 17 and 0, which is a little crazy. But they're a team who's going to have a target on their back sooner or later in this season, uh, which will force Josh Allen to spread the ball out a little bit more. So I'm not super high on Stefan Diggs's fantasy value right now um, or value towards the season necessarily. Obviously provides a ton of value to the Bills. How much his how or what his stats will look like, kind of interested to see what happens week one.
0: Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing for me is you look at two years ago, he exploded, right? His first year in Buffalo. And then last year, a lot of it really was to do with a lot of his passes were deemed uncatchable, right? And so now this is the third season where it's like, okay, are we seeing, are we going to see a regression to the mean? What was the mean? Or is this our reality? And so I'm with you. There's a lot of uncertainty and it's like, yeah, he could come out this season and get 180 targets and catch 120 balls and go for 1600 yards Um, but he could have some of the issues as last year and obviously you said Gabe Davis is eating into that Isaiah McKenzie is dead set on disrupting this wide receiver room in terms of targets I know Jameson Crowder was considered the guy in the slot but the what Isaiah McKenzie's been doing through special teams when he's gotten play especially during preseason I wouldn't be surprised if they run him out more often um, and so it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mouths of feet, which is a great problem to yeah. have if you're a quarterback of the football team, but not if you're the captain of your fantasy football team. Yep. Um, one thing I'm really interested to see is will Jalen Ramsey shadow Stefan Diggs. Um, and that the introduction of Gabe Davis makes that interesting. Can they afford to do that? Because I think at the beginning of last year, who else was it right? Like there was nobody else really to, um, that that you really had to worry about stopping on the bills um so that's the one thing i'm looking out for i'm also looking out for Allen robinson's first game back i took a prop i put a, i put a, a couple bucks on i think it was over 61 and a half receiving yards um and that's another question too it's like really was Al, what was the reason why Allen robinson why why was Allen robinson Allen robinson last year for that you know what was the reason for that was it quarterback play, inconsistency in the offense, or was it something different? Um, because if he's the Al Robinson of old, that's a great receiving core.
1: That's, that's huge really for them. Yeah. Currently holding up a sign tree you to read. It tells you exactly why Al Robinson was bad. And it, uh, says it says Matt Nagy. Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Matt Nagy. Um, that's agreed. Yeah. That's fair.
1: He – Yeah. <laughs> I could have a therapy session with you about it, but that's for another day.
0: Maybe we'll make it like a bonus episode or something. We'll do it yeah. on Patreon.
1: Yeah.
0: uh Once we get a Patreon going, <laughs> just just to hear, we'll do special episodes where we just get to talk about our teams the whole time.
1: Oh my god, that is so much fun.
0: We'll get like five listeners, but it'll be for us. Yeah, it'll be for us.
1: Colts and Bears. That's In right. Midwest.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. Football is coming up very soon. We've got a lot more to talk about next week. We've got our, our prospects and then obviously um, a week of football. So we're excited. I'm excited. Pat's excited. um, And I hope because you're still listening, you're excited too. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week.